Hey, hi! It's your old pal, James. Hi there. <laughs> hey, guess what? It's episode 180. Oh, my lord. Let me clap for myself. Another milestone, everybody. Wow. Oh, my God, James. Congratulations. Uh, and now it means nothing. James, I'm trying to be supportive, goddammit. So why are you insulting me, James? Because every time you say something nice about me or to me, I, I immediately get sick to my stomach. And I just, I feel disgusting. But James, I thought we were friends. No, I... Episode 180, and you still don't fucking get it, do you? You just don't get it. I don't want you here. How many times do I have got to tell you this? I don't want you here. At all! Oh, James, you're just being silly. That's, that's my James. Always making funny jokes and stuff. Right? Right, James? You're just making a joke, right, James? No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I, I just... I, I, I don't know what to say, James. I'm just kidding. Oh my God, James! You fooled me! No, but really, I don't, I, I don't fucking want you around. But, but James... I... Nah, okay, let's just move on. No one cares about you. Let's move on to something that everybody cares about. Me! <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, here we go, everybody. The Danger Hour, episode 180... Of course, I'm starting the episode, like I always do, by introducing a certain substance into my bloodstream. Oh my god, James! You're using drugs! No! No. My fancy gourmetized coffee. Black. But James, it's... it's also kind of like a drug. Yeah, I guess you're kind of right. I suppose caffeine is considered a drug, isn't it? You know what I've always thought was funny? These people that are uh, super straight edge, you know? I don't do any drugs. I don't drink any alcohols. Yet, they drink coffee or tea and uh, they take, I don't know, prescription drugs. For some fucking reason, they think it's okay if the government says, oh, this is fine. You can take this. Doesn't it make no sense? You can't, uh, and I mean, I'm not some kind of like pro-weed guy. That's not my thing, but... uh. I mean, if if you can take something that grows out of the ground and roll it up in a in a piece of paper and smoke it, and it's like, oh, that's no good. That's horrible. That's bad. And yet they'll take some fucking concoction made in some laboratory by some uh, egghead, you know, with uh, some billionaires telling him, oh, yeah, put put more of that in there. Get them nice and addicted. Hypocritical. So I guess the point is, everybody, just take drugs. You're already taking them anyway. <laughs> you might as well experience everything. Now, nah, you don't want to take the dirty ones. You don't, you don't want to take the ones that were created in some laboratory, right? Growth. Or maybe uh, something that some kid can make with some uh, beakers and test tubes. <laughs> <sighs> How about you take some uh how about you take some mushrooms? I've heard those are good. Yep, I've heard. I've heard all about it. That's uh, as far as I know though. Just what I've heard. <laughs> anyway, all right everybody. Let's talk about uh speaking of uh getting high, right? How about in the figurative 
literal, literal, literally sense? Space? <laughs> well, kind of. Have you guys all heard about the exciting stuff going on in today's world? That's right. NASA has a brand new mission going on right now. I believe it's the fourth mission in this uh, line of missions. They're in Hawaii right now uh, on, on mission number four. You know what I think? I think just like a, like a good actor or a writer. Yeah, this uh, TV show is going to take place in Hawaii. It's uh, primarily focused in Hawaii. That's where we'll do all, all our filming. It's fucking genius. It's just a scam to live in Hawaii <laughs> and get paid for it. Now, I've heard interviews with people, and a lot of times they'll just make an excuse to go make a movie in some kind of exotic location, you know, just so they can go have, be on vacation and work at the same time. Brilliant. I think that's what NASA is doing. Yeah, we need, uh, we need, to f- we need funding in, uh, in Hawaii. Uh, that's the closest simulation to Mars's natural habitat. So we need to be in Hawaii <laughs> for an extended period of time. Yeah, the first mission, I think, was like four months. The second one, I think, was four months. The third one was eight months. And now the fourth one is a one year long. Yeah, we, we, you know what we should do? Yeah, yeah, we've been in Hawaii for uh, a year and a half. You know, we should probably do like another year long experiment. Yeah. It's, it's really important, though. We should probably stay in Hawaii for another year at least. <laughs> Fucking genius. Scammers. Is it really necessary to be in Hawaii? Because here's what the mission is, everybody. They're, t- they're putting six people who, uh, I don't know if these are the people that are going to be sent to Mars, but uh, they're going to study six people in a small enclosed area cohabitating for one year with a limited, uh, what do you call that? They can't go outside too many times. <laughs> My vocabulary isn't as large as I'd like it to be, so uh, forgive me. Uh, so basically... I guess they're going to examine how they react with each other and, and study it. <laughs> yeah, right. Just want to party up in Hawaii, right? Come on. So uh, it says here, NASA prepares to send a crew to Mars sometime in the 2030s. They just shut six people inside an isolation dome, <coughs> isolation dome in Hawaii for a year, the longest such experiment in the U.S. Uh, let's see here. Okay, blah, 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 blah. Let's come on. Hold on. Hold on. Probably should have broken this down before, but you know, I don't really do too much. Oh, here he goes. Now, right away, I think this is a problem. Now, hold on, I'm getting ahead of myself. I think the reason that NASA is studying, you know, the people and their reaction with each other, I think it's pretty fucking obvious why they're doing this. I mean, if you've ever seen any space movie where the crew goes on some kind of crazy mission, how does it always end? The crew turns on each other and the whole mission gets fucked, right? That's how it always happens. There's always like that one person that wants to deviate from the mission, right? And there's that one dude, no, we have to stick to the protocols here. You know, we're not going out of the way, but, you know, (laughs) what would you have us do? What if it was your brother out there? Wouldn't you want to take that chance? <laughs> Whatever it is. So that's probably what it is, right? That all these eggheads have seen way too many sci-fi movies and they're like, 
you know, the best thing we should do is probably do studies on uh, on the relationship between people and make sure that they don't uh, kill each other <laughs> and someone becomes a murderous, uh, you know, a, a, an enraged murderous villain on the spaceship or they don't start uh, butting heads. So you know, what, you know what they think? You know what I think they should do? They should just put a person, like they should probably have a C. They should have like four people on this crew and each one of them is missing a limb. So the only way they can survive is, is if they all work together. <laughs> so there's a guy with no arm, right? He's got a left arm. The other guy has a right arm. The only way they can reach the, <laughs> the stuff fully high on the shelf is if they work together. And this one the guy only has like one leg. You know what I'm talking about. So they each need each other and they can't turn on each other or, or kill someone else off. And I really haven't worked out the schematics, but basically a crew in which they all need each other and dependent on, upon each other to accomplish their, just their daily tasks, tasks, such as like taking a shit. What if one guy, you know, does all the wiping, you know, and the other guy will get an infection if he doesn't wipe his ass properly. I, I really haven't worked it all out, but I'm telling you, that's the only way this will work. Unless you just put a, a thing of robots up there in the in the in the astronaut uh, box, I mean spaceship <laughs> astronaut box. Wow, the coffee's flowing through my veins and it's getting me uh getting me rambling here. Speaking of, let me take another drink real quick. You just uh, pause and reflect upon that. I know what you're thinking too. Why don't they put a couple human and an android up there? Well, we all know how that ends, everybody. Don't you? The android definitely always turns on the people. Oh, how about you put a, a, a an android in there that everyone thinks is a real person? Nope, that's even worse. That's even worse. I've seen enough movies to know that. We don't. Why do we need to go to Mars, everybody? We're not gonna make some crazy uh, colony up there. It's never gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. Hope you know that. It's, uh, it's, it's futile. <laughs> anyway, so they've already made a huge mistake here. Because they've already got the six people. And it's, this mission's already begun. The six inhabitants. Let me tell you, there are two big mistakes. There's four Americans. An American pilot. That guy's always the badass, you know? Kind of like dumb, but he's strong and good looking, right? <laughs> and he's always got like a... He's always very stubborn. Uh, there's an architect. He's like the brain, and he's more rational, and he likes to be impartial. You know, he, he doesn't want to get between everybody. There's a doctor slash, wait, yes, doctor slash journalist. So that's like the know-it-all person, right? <laughs> and then the soil scientist. That's like the hippie. Yeah, the one that's like, hey man, we gotta save stuff, man. And the doctor's like, the, no, we, uh, we need to focus on what's, what's at hand. And the pilot's a reckless one. It's, it's the same shit that you've seen forever. Okay, and uh, here's the two kickers, though. Here's, what's, here's why it goes wrong. The foreigners. A French astrobiologist. You're asking for trouble with that one. And a German physicist. That right there is obviously the villain. Come on. If anyone's going to snap, it's the German physicist. You fucking... NASA! You've seen all the movies. Why would you make the mistake? 
You might as well put a fucking Android up there with him. Jesus Christ. <sighs> what else are you going to do, NASA? Send them up with a, an alien specimen in this jar? <laughs> now, don't break this jar or else it'll, it'll wreak havoc upon the whole ship. <laughs> Whatever you do. No, this is, just a, this is just an experiment on land. There's no space shit going on yet. It's a 20-foot-tall dome and 36 feet wide. They each get their own little bedrooms with cots, limited internet access, a desk, and uh, let's see. They can only go outside. <coughs> they can only go outside if they wear a space suit. Dude, I'd be in my spacesuit all the time going outside. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take another walk outside in, in Hawaii. Give me that space suit real quick. I'm just going to go walk on the beach. Near these volcanoes. Yeah. Just going to walk out in the paradise for a bit. Give me my spacesuit. <laughs> Don't wait up. This sounds pretty cool, but it does seem like it would be... It gets old. I mean, a fucking year. You know, some people might not... Oh, yeah, yours aren't that bad. But uh, trust me, a year is a fucking long time if you don't really have much to do. <laughs> You're just sitting in this room with all these people. And uh, let's see what else does it say. Uh, they're going to eat canned tuna and powdered cheese. Oh, yummy. I've seen a photo of these people. They posted it. You know, they're a bunch of nerdy looking kids. I mean, well, not kids. They're people. Adults. But they're fucking nerdy. They're dorks. They're not hot like all the movies show. You know, they're always hot in the movies. What gives? <laughs> There's three dudes and three chicks. And uh, not one of them is good looking, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. So uh, that might help them. There won't be any egos flying around. Uh, let's see. What can go wrong? I mean, three girls, three guys. But I think they, they might have to take, do they got to take a shit in front of each other? I read something that said that they have, they, they have like no privacy. Or they got a shower in front of each other. you think any of them are going to have sex? It's going to happen, right? How horny would you be if you're, if you're these people? I mean, maybe you last like a month or two. But, uh, and then what? If you have no privacy, you can't jerk off? Are they filming these people? I need more information, NASA. Are you filming these people? Dude, what if you can never jerk off? I think you'd, that's probably why there's such fighting and shit on the spaceships. Everyone's all backed up and they're all they're all pissed. Maybe that's why they put three women and three guys, so they can just just fuck. <laughs> that's the key. It's just an orgy, everybody. That's the key. Ah, fucking NASA, they are smart. It's three girls, three guys. No one can fight. You can switch partners if you want. Uh oh, no, that might be that might be tricky. Don't switch partners. The German guy won't like that too much. But I'm telling you, the German guy's gonna snap. You'll see. I'm calling it right now. If anyone's going to kill anyone, it's going to be the German physicist. Guaranteed. Do not touch my girl. She's mine. I will do math problems and figure out the perfect way to kill you. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm just rambling at this point. You know, I probably just, I probably just spent <laughs> like 10 minutes on NASA. <laughs> I'm sure you're all thoroughly entertained. All right, let's move on, everybody. So good luck. Good luck to, uh, What's it called? Mission High Seas. 
It's a Hawaiian space exploration analog and simulation. High seas. <laughs> Stupid. Okay, let's move on. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, let's, let's get back to, uh, to life on Earth. James, that uh, experiment is on Earth. Uh, yeah, all right, you're right. How about this one? I got a question for you. A moral question. Do you guys have morals? Let me ask you something. If you find money, are you that person that's like, I got to turn it in. It's the right thing to do. Or are you the person like, okay, let me get ahead of myself here. Some of you people out there think if you find money on the ground, God is testing me. I must do the right thing. I'll turn it in and see if anybody claims it. <laughs> right? Other, pre- other people think, oh, God is rewarding me. I've done good deeds, so God has left this money on the ground for me, you know, as a, as a reward from all my good deeds. Well, how about you take God out of the situation? Are you the kind of person that turns it in? Or are you the kind of person that saves it and, and spends it wisely? Or are you who I think most people are? Do you just <laughs> spend it on something reckless because, hey, it's free money, man. It's not my money. I'm going to do, I'm going to blow it on something cool. It's <laughs> probably what most people do. Let me tell you what this guy did. Asian guy. It's not really important for the story. I like to throw that in there. All about the details. The beats. He was in a, a San Francisco airport. The dude finds $20 bill on the floor. Picks it up. He decides... I'm going to spend this shit. He buys two scratcher lottery tickets. Fucking guy wins $1 million on one of the lottery tickets. $1 million. Isn't that fucking nuts? Isn't that fucking... And not only did he find 20 bucks on the floor, which is good enough for most people to be like, that's a good fucking week. <laughs> Dude, I found 20 bucks. That's probably the most I've ever found. Did I find more? I don't remember. I think I might have, but most recently I found a $20 bill on the floor and I was so fucking excited. Super excited. So imagine not only that, but then you win a million dollars. Fucking A. And then what do you do with the million? Do you just fucking put it all in? Well, shit, if I won this on on, uh, the scratcher, I should go take this million and put it all on black in Vegas. Fuck. I think some of you guys would do that shit. I sure as hell wouldn't. <laughs> but I think some of you would. Damn, and then what if, what if you put it on double zero and then you fucking won that? I don't know what the odds are on the double zero. Is it like uh, one out of 50? Or is it 100? Is there 100 uh, numbers on there? 99? Imagine if you, made, if you won $99 million on one roulette spin. <laughs> that's pretty much it that's all that's all the story says now one last thing the dude says who knows if he's gonna say, if he's really gonna do it he says from now on he's gonna leave $20 bills on the ground you know randomly for people to find them how nice aww the story is a good ending 
So what would you do, everybody? How about you write me an email? TheDangerHourYahoo.com And I'll read what you'll do on the show. <laughs> All right. Oh, boy. This one's no good, I think, this show. Probably, you know, I probably shouldn't say stuff like that because then I'll put it in your head. You might not have been thinking that at all. And now you're like, well, now that you mentioned it, it is kind of shitty. You know what? Forget I said that. Let's just move on, everybody. Uh, speaking of, uh, of shit. James, you never mentioned shit at all. I mean, sh- like, the show's kind of shitty, right? Uh, okay, James, I'll follow you with this one. What kind of segue are you going to make with that one, James? Yeah, so this show's kind of shitty. So, speaking of shit, how about a story about shit? <laughs> oh, my God, James. Why don't you just quit right now and just walk away, James? Just stop recording. Cut your losses. And just walk away, James. All right, fuck you. I'm going to keep going just for that. Everybody, have you ever been told that you're full of shit? Well, how about you get paid for that? <laughs> so apparently, if you're under 50 years old, and, you, and if you're down to take daily trips to Medford, Massachusetts, you can make approximately... $40 a day by shitting. That's all you got to do is shit. And they collect your shit sample. Why on earth would they want your shit sample, are you asking? That's a good question. That's a question I would have asked. There's a thing called open bio, what's it? Open biome? Biome? I don't know. It was launched in 2012 as the only independent nonprofit stool bank in the country. <laughs> Get a little of this one, everybody. Uh, open biome. Is it open biome? Biome? Open biome. I'm going to say open biome and risk sound like an idiot. Open biome collects, tests, and provides fecal samples to 122 hospitals in 33 states for one of the most interesting medical treatment innovations today. Fecal microbi- what? microbiota transplantation. Apparently, there's a team of full-time and part-time researchers, graduate students, gastroenterologists, wait, yeah, gastroenterologists, and business minds to ensure that fecal samples are in every city and town and within a two-hour radius for every person who needs them. Now, next question I would believe you'd ask is, why would anybody need to buy someone's shit? Great question. That's something I would have asked. So apparently, <laughs> to keep your digestive and immune, and immune system functioning properly, your body needs to maintain a natural balance of bacteria in your gut. But antibiotics taken to treat infections kill both good and bad bacteria indiscriminately. They kill it all, upsetting the balance and making the gastrointestinal tract susceptible I don't know if that's what it's called. A bad bacteria. Are you guys all following along with this? Is it too medical sounding for you? Yeah, anyway, the resulting infection, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, affects more than 500,000 Americans per year, causing fever, nausea, abdominal pain, and serious diarrhea, and kills about 14,000 Americans per year, especially in hospitals and long-term care facilities. So did you catch all that? You need bacteria in your gut. You need good bacteria. Hold on. Good 
bacteria and bad bacteria. There needs to be a balance. But if you take antibiotics, it wipes out all the bacteria in your stomach and fucks your whole system up. So you, you can purchase shit from people that can restore your bacteria in your guts. Fucking gross, right? I know your next question, which is the question I would have asked. How do you put the shit inside your body? <laughs> Unfortunately, the fecal transplantation process tends to be <laughs> very uncomfortable and inv invasive. Physicians traditionally transplant the stool samples through a colonoscopy, oh! enema, oh! or a nasogastric tube. Oh, that doesn't sound so bad. That runs from your nose into your digestive tract. <laughs> they shove a fucking tube down your nose into your tum-tums and pump shit into your stomach through that tube. You're getting shit pumped through your nose, everybody. Ugh. That's fucking gross. That's gross. I know your next question, everybody. But this is 2015. Isn't there a better way to get this into your system by now? Well, that's a question I would have asked. Good news, everybody. Soon. Not now, but soon. Poop may become available in the form of a pill. That's right. You can swallow this pill of poop. A poop pill. <laughs> and that'll do the trick. That'll hit the spot. You know what my, the first thing I thought when I read this thing? If people are... are, are if people are concerned with their breath from taking fish oil pills, how fucking bad will your breath <laughs> smell when you take shit pills? Poop pills. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Your breath literally smells like shit because you're taking these pills. Um, uh, ah! Bring me death. I will happily welcome death. I'd rather have death than shit breath. Death by shit breath. Nah, that's fucking gross, dude. I First of all, I hope you guys learned something because I sure as hell did. I learned a lot about uh, bacteria in the tum-tums. I learned a lot about, um, you know, the need to have a balance in your body. You know, it seems like everything in life comes down to a balance, right? pH balance. Balanced diet. Uh, balanced beams. Checks and balances, you know, the whole thing. Uh, balance uh, in, in uh, the ecosystem within uh, hunters and gatherers. Uh, oh my God, James, you're just talking nonsense. Yeah, I've been talking nonsense since the beginning of the show. Where have you been? That's what the show is, nonsense. And yes, everything I just told you, I read on one website. So uh, <laughs> take that for what it is. It was a uh, pretty good website, though, from what I believe. So I think you can, you can be sure that that uh, that checks out. Probably. <laughs> okay, how about we do something called Stallone stands alone. <laughs> and now it's time for Stallone stands alone. 
Sylvester Stallone is a fine American actor. Some would even argue the greatest actor to ever grace the screen. One might wonder if Sylvester Stallone was cast in a movie as opposed to the actor that was actually in the movie. Would it have been better? Today, we find out the answer to that very question when we place Sylvester Stallone in planes, trains, and automobiles, playing Steve Martin's character of Neil Page. And here it goes. Welcome to Marathon. May I help you? Well, uh, yes. How may I help you? Eli, you can start by wiping that fucking dumbass smile off your rosy fucking cheeks. You can give me a fucking automobile, a fucking Datsun, a fucking Toyota, a fucking Mustang, a fucking Buick. Four fucking wheels in a seat, you know? I really don't care for the way you're speaking to me. Hey, you're like, and I really don't care for the way your company left me in the middle of fucking nowhere with fucking keys to a fucking car that isn't fucking there. And I really didn't care to fucking walk down a fucking highway and across a fucking runway to get back here to have you smile in my fucking face. I want a fucking car right fucking now, you know? Me. I see your rental agreement. Hey, you're like I threw it away. Oh boy. Like, oh boy, what? You're fucked. I, for one, think it's abundantly clear that Stallone brought a much deeper depth and complexity to the character of Neil. But alas, it was not meant to be. Thank you for joining us. This has been another edition of Stallone Stands Alone. All right, let's move on to something a little more morbid and twisted. <laughs> this is a fascinating story and uh wow i really can't believe it <laughs> it's pretty fucking out there now i know this whole this whole episode is like i'm just reading the news but you know what the fuck do you want from me i don't have anything to talk about this week except all this fascinating stuff all right check this out there's a, a girl she's 18 now she is being charged with uh hold on what the hell is she being charged with <laughs> Uh fuck. Charged with involuntary manslaughter. All right? She had this online boyfriend. I don't know what that means. Apparently they've only met each other two or three times, but they shared thousands and thousands of texts to each other. All right, listen to this. She encouraged this kid to commit suicide. One of the texts uh she said, uh, and I will try to reenact her voice as it, uh, in the text messages. So here's, uh, here's her. Everyone will be sad for a while, but they'll just get over it and move on. <laughs> her name is Michelle Carter. Her boyfriend is 
Uh, Conrad, Roy. All right, let's see. Uh, keep going. Keep going. You just have to do it, she texts him, according to the documents. You have everything you need. There's no way you can fail. Tonight's the night. It's now or never. <laughs> when Roy expressed hesitancy at going through with his plan, Carter sent him text messages expressing her frustration. You always say you're going to do it, but you never do, she texts. I just want to make sure tonight is a real thing. What a twisted bitch, dude. The teen went so far as to help Roy research the best method of siphoning carbon monoxide into his truck. Uh, that's pretty much where you put a hose from your exhaust tailpipe and you put it into your window. You've all seen the movies. And uh, the carbon monoxide fills up, takes all the oxygen out of the truck, and <laughs> you're done. Uh, let's see. Carter told Roy he was making up excuses to not go through with the suicide when discussing the siphoning plan. But I bet you're going to be like, oh, it didn't work because I didn't tape the tube right or something like that, she texts. I bet you're going to say an excuse like that. You seem to always have an excuse. <laughs> Fucking. And if uh, carbon monoxide poisoning didn't work, try the bag or hanging, she told him. It's, <laughs> it's pretty painless. <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, and then he's like, the, the guy starts texting her about, you know, his sisters. Uh, the day of his death, Roy took his sisters out for ice cream. He told Carter he wanted his sisters to know he loved them. The document shows the exchange between the couple. I just don't know how to leave them, you know? Say you're going to go to the store or something. Like, I want them to know that I love them. They know. That's one thing they definitely know. You're overthinking. I know I'm overthinking. I, I've been overthinking. Oh, I've been overthinking for a while now. I know. You just have to do it like you said. Are you going to do it now? <laughs> Fuck. Uh, Carter and Roy spoke on the phone for more than an hour as Roy sat in his truck. According to the documents, Carter would later admit to, in admit to encouraging him to stay in the vehicle as the situation became deadly. Like, honestly, I could have stopped it, Carter said in a text to a friend months after Roy's death. I was on the phone with him and he got out of the car because the carbon monoxide was working and he got scared. I fucking told him to get back in. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, she's got an attorney saying, oh, that he brainwashed her by uh, talking about it so much that uh, she's impressionable and that, you know, he talked her into his plan and wanted her to to persuade him. In a text message sent 11 days before his death, Roy suggested he and Carter die by suicide together, like Romeo and Juliet, according to South Coast, uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, let's see, what else? Uh, okay, look, this is something that I happen to believe in, this next, this next uh, quote from the, the, the attorney. It was Roy's plan. He is someone who caused his own death. Michelle Carter only... Carter's only role in this is words. And let's see, Carter. Uh, dude. <laughs> and then she fucking has the balls on the Facebooks to say, I want to put myself out there to try to save as many other lives as possible. What a bitch. And then when a friend of Roy's mentioned the event on his Facebook's page, Carter allegedly contacted him and asked, you're not taking credit for my idea, though, are you? Or though, right? 
Wow, dude, this chick is fucking twisted. Uh, all right. <laughs> okay, now here's some here's like a clue to something uh, that I was already thinking about. Uh, let's see. It's something cops have to do with suicides and homicides. And Roy's mother said they have to go through his phone and see if anyone encouraged him to do it in text and stuff. Uh, she told her friend. Oh, fuck. That was, his, that was her voice. Hold on. Let me start over. It's something cops have to do with suicides and homicides. And Roy's mother said they have to go through his phone and see if anyone encouraged him to do it on texts and stuff. She told her friend. If they read my messages with him, I'm done. His family will hate me and I can go to jail. Uh, in, in a September text message to her friend, Carter admitted knowing about Roy's suicide and saying she participated in helping because I couldn't have him live the way he was living anymore. Uh, and Roy told me he would give me signs to know he was watching over me, but I haven't seen any. Because <laughs> he's not watching over you, twisted fuck. Now, what I wanted to point out was I couldn't have him live the way he was living anymore. What the fuck is that? What if this kid was being uh, abused and he was just miserable, right? What if he was being ass raped all the time? I can kind of see why she'd be like, yeah, you should probably just kill yourself. <laughs> it's still pretty fucking morbid. But honestly, this chick is a crazy bitch. But can she really be held accountable for this guy killing himself? I can tell you fucking to do something all day long. You know, hey, you should probably, uh, you should buy a new car. You should buy a new, hey, buy a new car. The car, you're, the car you drive now is fucking gross, dude. Buy a new car. Are you going to buy a new car yet? Have you, bought a, have you bought a new car yet? You always make excuses for not buying a new car. Just go buy a new car. <laughs> I mean, can you really talk someone into doing something? Especially through text messages? Come on, dude. I'll say it again. Crazy bitch, but can she really be held accountable for this guy killing himself? I don't fucking get that. I don't know about that one. That one's pretty out there. Interesting case, though. I'm, I'm dying to see what happens with this one. The other thing, though, to take away from this whole story. It's pretty obvious. She's a dumb fucking kid. She even said it in one of the text messages. You know, if... uh. Or she even told the kids to delete her messages. I read this on a... This, there's like three different stories, but they all have different texts that she sent this kid. But she even told him to, to uh, delete her texts so that she won't get in trouble afterwards. <laughs> oh, man. Um, what you don't do, everybody, is have a fucking paper trail. Why, why couldn't she call this guy and tell him all these things? You have all these texts. It's you're, you're done. You're done. Stupid. Never send texts if it's going to bite you in the ass. If you don't give a fuck about whatever it is, fine. But if there's something that can incriminate you, I'm not, I mean, let me say this right now. Don't do anything that will uh, incriminate you, everybody. <laughs> Keep your noses clean. But if you're going to do something incriminating, don't send text messages or emails or voicemails. It's even fucking risky to, to call someone because they can record your ass. 
Oh, man. But that's pretty fucking dumb. <laughs> Let me send a bunch of texts telling you to do this and that. Uh, the only, uh, you know what I would do if I was her? I would just say I was fucking joking the whole time. It was a joke. He always talked about it. I'm like, why don't you just do it then? I'll help you. I'll help you uh, research it. Great. Look, how about you just sit in your truck and put your, your hose inside your truck and then you can kill yourself that way. Are you going to do it yet? Hurry up. Tonight, you got to do it, right? It's now or never. I could just say, dude, I was joking the whole time. There's no tone in text. You can't. You couldn't hear my tone. But it was all this, It was all a joke. I swear. All a joke. <laughs> oh, man. What an idiot. <laughs> anyway, be on the lookout for that one, everybody. If you haven't heard about that one, I'm glad I educated you because uh, I find it fascinating. And uh, hopefully you do, too. So, yeah, we'll see what happens with that. Stupid Carter. And she looks like a little bitch, too. This face she's making. Ugh. Ugh. I just want to punch her right in the, right in the nose. <laughs> she deserves it. Ah, that poor dumb, dumb kid killing himself. <laughs> anyway, speaking of uh, suicide, that's the perfect segue into the next segment, everybody. That's right. Finally, after all this time, somebody finally submitted a suicide soundtrack. Oh, oh it's been so long. It's been a while, but uh, we finally got a new one. So let me play the fancy intro song and we'll get right to it, everybody. Here we go. Suicide! Sound! All right. Okay, Suicide Soundtrack, if you don't know, everybody. It's a pretty morbid segment in which you tell me the perfect way you'd commit suicide and what song you'd play while you did it. And uh, this week's entry is from Chuby, my cousin Chuby. I got to be honest. This segment is usually goofy and lighthearted. Well, not very lighthearted, but uh, <laughs> it's pretty dark. <laughs> But it's usually on the goofy side. I wasn't expecting this one. This one's pretty serious. But uh, nonetheless, I will still read it the way it was written. And afterwards, I will make some comments. Usually you make goofy comments, but I can't do it without this one. Thanks a lot, Choopy, for making things awkward for me. <laughs> I can't shit on you if you're being real. Ah! All right, first I'll play the song she chose. And then afterwards, I'll come right back and read the email. The song is by Paul McCartney and is called Helen Wheels. So uh, without further ado, Suicide Soundtrack, Paul McCartney, Helen Wheels, and away we go.
All right, that was Paul McCartney, Helen Wheels. And uh, let's go ahead and get to the email. All right, pretty dark. <laughs> I usually read it with a goofy voice, but uh, I think I'll probably go uh, straight on this one. <clears throat> As the days inch closer to death, I would be looking forward to my end with giddiness. There's a calming effect to being able to precisely pinpoint the exact moment when I will die. It would be the only true happiness that I would feel regarding plans. Now I say happiness because since experiencing the loss of my father, it would mean that I would escape living the pain of his absence. In my catalog of life experiences, the most gut-wrenching pain I have endured is watching my father die. When he died in front of me, my innocence died along with him. The little girl that lived inside me shattered into a million pieces, never to be whole again. With the pain came the loneliness that never seems to go away. I can be surrounded by hundreds of people, yet feel completely alone because no one knows how empty I feel. The primary reason that I would commit suicide would be the failure to fill the emptiness. I would resort to planning my suicide if I was unable to fill the void of love. In my young adulthood, I was always in search of a great love to battle the depression that plagued my adolescent years. Although I have found a great love, the death of my loving father set me back. I have spent a good amount of time daydreaming of being able to communicate with my dad. The closest I have felt to him has been in my dreams. However, dreaming isn't real. I'd want to be really with him. I'm conflicted as to what is in store for us when we leave this earth. Do we just stop being? Is there a heaven and hell? Is there an alternative universe that we live in? Do we stay in purgatory? What really happens? If the pain of, this, of his absence drives me to find out, so be it. How would I arrive at that avenue? Well, here's how I'd want to. I would first purchase a supercharged convertible <laughs> that I would load up with a full tank of gasoline. I'd make my way for my final meal at In-N-Out at 10 p.m. and order up a double-double with extra pickles and grilled onions. In-N-Out is significant to me because it has always been a go-to restaurant in my family. No way would my last meal consist of some fucking salad. <laughs> you don't win friends with salad. Oh, God damn it. Simpsons reference. I fucking love it. I would pick my food up from the drive-thru and enjoy my final meal on the beach. I would take in the ocean breeze and listen to the calming sound of the ocean waves crashing against the shore. After my meal, I would put the top down on my convertible and take a drive up Pacific Coast Highway. I would drive up the highway about 100 miles and reminisce about all the good times as a child with my dad. As soon as it approaches 2 a.m., I would blast Paul McCartney's Helen Wheels while drinking some Jameson whiskey from a flask. I would sing as loudly as I could during the chorus and swerve all along the highway. I'd feel exhilarated because I would slowly be letting go of control of my ability to maneuver my car. I'd break hard on the edge of a cliff that oversees the ocean. I'd step out of the car and bring along another flask of whiskey. I'd take the last swig of liquor and throw the flask into the ocean. I'd ask aloud where my soul would be headed. I obviously will not hear an answer and ask one last question. Daddy, are you going to catch me? Right after asking that, I will jump off the cliff into the cold ocean waters, plunging to my death. I'd leave the car running with a simple suicide note that reads, In my life, I'll love you more. I'd finally be back enjoying happiness. God damn it, Chuby. 
I can't shit on you for this. You ruined my whole thing, my whole bit that I do. I'm making fun of people. Ah. <laughs> uh. Ah, Chuby. Fucker. Look. You kind of like, you kind of scare me a bit in the sense where it seems like you've really thought about this. <laughs> and it's not just a goof. I mean, uh, it's weird talking to you through a podcast, but uh, I was even thinking of not playing it, but you know, you submitted it. So here we go. How about you don't kill yourself, Chuby? It's just, a, it's first for fun games. I'll tell you this, as a father myself, I know goddamn well, wherever your dad is, he doesn't want you to kill yourself. All right? Even if you're going to be together, he would be like, eh, I'll see you later. Just enjoy yourself. <laughs> Don't be dumb, Chuby. That's a good call with the in and out, though. Pretty solid. I think that was my go-to also. Yeah, it is a it is a big deal in our family. In and out goes back to our grandpa back in the back when they opened the first In and Out. He used to go there and they used to give me food on credit. They would say, "Ah, pay me when you see me later next times." <laughs> so yeah, Chuby, uh, I'm gonna give you some advice. I know it's a it's a big cliche. You're probably not even asking for my advice, but I'll give you some anyway. Like I said, big cliche, but it's true, and that's why it's a cliche. Everything. It gets better with time. Or not how it goes. Uh, it goes, time heals all wounds. That's how it goes. Yeah, that one. It's true. I was in some, uh, I was in a pretty dark place a couple years ago. And uh, it got better. It always does. As time passes, so does the pain. All right? I promise you that. I promise you that much. Um, how about you pop out a couple kids? And devote your love to them. How about that? <laughs> Get on it, Danny boy. Knock up my cousin, goddammit. <laughs> and uh, one more thing. I know this became like a fucking uh, after-school special, but listen, Chuby. <laughs> I'm being honest here. If you ever need someone to talk to, you can probably call your brother. He'll, he'll probably be available. He's working a lot lately. Nah, if you need someone to talk to, give me a call, Chuby. This is stupid to do on a podcast, but I'll, I'll even text you after this. How about that? But honestly, one last thing to you, Chuby. You are far, you're, you're way better. Hold on. How can I say this? Uh, let's see. Uh, you're, you're, you're better off living than you are dead. I promise you. Because you are helping a lot of kids. <clears throat> you're a teacher. I'm sure you know that. But uh, people listening probably don't know that. As a teacher, you are affecting many lives in a positive way. If you're a good teacher, if you're a shitty teacher, then go ahead and take yourself out. No, I'm saying I'm kidding. Chuby, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Put the, put the top back up. <laughs> you're affecting a lot of people in a positive way. Stick with it. All right? Stop, stop being so sad. It'll get better, I promise you. All right? And how about instead of drinking all that Jameson before you th throw the flask in the ocean? How about you bring a, a flask of Jameson over to me? We can both uh, share it and talk about our feelings. Okay? That's, a, that's, a, that's an honest invitation. Bring me some Jameson. <laughs> and uh, we can hang out. How about that? All right. Thanks for the submission. And all of you listening, if you'd like to send me your suicide soundtrack, send it to thedangerhour at yahoo.com. 
You could be uh, you could be a little more lighthearted and fun if you'd like. Uh, I don't know if I can read these if they keep being uh, if they're all serious. Don't don't kill yourself, everybody. <laughs> this is a comedy show. Uh, you know. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right, let's get a little bit lighthearted, everybody, with something I like to call. I fancy that. It's beautiful. beautiful. It's wonderful. It's. I fancy that. Fancy. All right, fancy times, everybody. This week on I fancy that. Um, I don't know because I haven't opened it yet. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. Oh, there it is. Okay, two fancies this week, everybody. The first one is I fancy game nights. Oh my God, James, game nights! I knew it. No, I said game, game nights. That doesn't sound as fun, James. <laughs> I assure you, it's funner. Well, that's not true. I've been to some gay parties. They're pretty fucking fun. I know what James are doing. All right, that's not what I mean. It's not what I mean. Game nights, everybody. This last weekend, I had a game night. You're saying, you're saying game, right, James? Yes, game. Game. I invited uh, Lido and his wife, Sandy. Hey, Sandy. But uh, sadly, she cannot make it. Because, uh, you know, I think Lido lied and said she's sick. He probably didn't even tell her. He probably just wanted to have me all to himself. I guess it really was a gay night. <laughs> no, and I invited uh, Peter Son. 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 And his wife, Larry. That's right, Lorinda. And also uh, the Gingerbeard Man and his girlfriend, Nico, Nicole. That's right, they all came. All of them. Except for Sandy. But I already covered that. But uh, yeah, what I fancy is that uh, it's just a fucking, it's fu you know what, underrated. People think of board games or, or card games, it's like, oh, it's fucking gay. See, James, gay night. No. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, maybe it's just an old person thing. But it's pretty goddamn fun to have your friends come over and you just, you know, have some food out. Oh, by the way. Oh, by the way. Speaking of my wife. My wife. Um, and I helped her, but she mostly did it. <laughs> she made this spinach dip. I know it's all from, you know, the package, whatever it tells you to do, but oh my God, it's to die for. Incredible. I fancy my wife's spinach dip that she made. Oh, ah. I usually make my six, seven layer bean dip, whatever it is, which is pretty outstanding. And, you know, fucking dickhead uh, gingerbread man comes over. Where's the bean dip? I didn't make any this time. Well, I told her if there's a bean dip, we're leaving. It's like, dude, fuck you. How about you try the spinach dip and we'll hear what you got to say about that. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, it's pretty fucking popular. My my, uh, oh, hey, Uncle Danger's old fashioned homemade bean dip. It's pretty good. Uh, anyway, but yeah, this time we tried something different. Some pita chips and uh, the spinach chips. Fucking outstanding. Outstanding. And uh, my wife also made some chicken lettuce wraps, which were fucking amazing. Whew. I fancy my wife's party night food. I fancy that. Yeah, I fancy game night, dude. It was fun to hang out with the Peter son. Peter son! 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 Sons and uh, the Litos and uh, the Gingerbeards. It was fun. playing. We played uh, cards, against cards Against Humanity. Peterson brought it. It was a great fucking time. I had a blast. 
It's just cool to hang out with your friends and sit around and drink and bullshit and have some fancy snacks. And I sit around and play a dirty game. <laughs> it's almost as fun as podcasting. So yeah, man, you can't beat that shit. So uh, game nights. Game nights, James. Game nights. And game nights. I fancy that. I knew it, James. Shut up. Next up, I also fancy. I recently went to the park. Oh my God, James. Into the bathroom. No, no, no. With my kids. James, why would you take your kids to the public park to meet gay men? I'm not going there for that reason. My wife and my kids, we went to the park because I was on a mission to find a praying mantis in the wild. Oh my God, James, but why? It's, it's pretty stupid. No, because it's awesome. That's why. I've said it before and I'll say it again. The praying mantis is my favorite insect. Right before uh, Dragonfly. <laughs> so uh, there's this park that I know of. There's a, I believe it's called a pepper tree. Now the reason I can find mantises in this pepper trees around this area is because there's a, a, a equestrian center nearby. There's a horse thing. What do you call it? Not a pen. Horse thing? <laughs> Sounds good. Bunch of horses. So I figure the mantises frequent that area because there's a lot of flies. Because the horses attract the flies. So I caught one like 13 years ago, 12 years ago, whatever it was, for high school, my high school bug project for biology. And I was like, oh, well, they should probably still be there, right? <laughs> All this time later. And guess what? I went there and I found one. Another camouflage pretty good, but I did find one. I scooped it out of the tree with one of my kids' butterfly nets. We took it home and uh, put it in this little thingy, butterfly net thing, cage thing, but it's all netty, <laughs> whatever it's called. And it's fucking sick, dude. I love it. Me and the kids go out and we hunt for crickets outside. It's like just a fun little thing, you know, a little little family pet. We go out and we hunt for crickets and we throw the crickets inside the little butterfly thing that it's in. And the coolest thing, and I did it uh, the game night. I threw a cricket in there and we all watched it. It was fascinating. You just watch like, the, you know, the cricket walking around like an idiot. Do, 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 do. And here's the mantis like right in front of it, but it has no idea. And it just fucking strikes. Oh my God, it's so fascinating. Every time. Never gets old. Never gets old. <laughs> so. Fancy party snacks. Game nights. And watching your pet mantis eat. I fancy that! Oh, real quick. Uh, after, the, uh, after I brought the mantis home a few days afterwards, um, my son was holding it. And I told my daughter, like, all right, your turn. No, daddy. No, it's ugly. I don't want to touch it. I'm like, look, it can't hurt you. It doesn't bite. It won't scratch you. You know, uh, it won't sting you in any way. Nothing. It can't do anything to you. Nothing. Uh, are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. Why would I tell you if I wasn't sure? Okay. So I give it to her on her little hand. And she's like, oh, it's so weird. And it takes a few steps. It tickles. I was like, yeah. <laughs> but it's cool, right? Yeah, it's cool. All of a sudden, it's like someone shot a fucking <laughs> the gun for a race. <laughs> the thing runs up her arm to her shoulder. And she goes... And she was about to fucking smash it. I go, no, stop, stop. And she. (laughs) 
And uh, I, I grab it. She was fucking hi- hyperventilating like crazy, crying. I'm like, oh my God, I just traumatized her. Anyway, and now it's time for the darker side of life. That's right. It's time for the legendary fuck you moment in here. We go. Fuck you. Oh, yeah. All right. Okay. Two fuck yous for the week. First and foremost, I don't know if I don't know what the deal is with this, but fuck you to the cops. That's right, James. Fuck those damn pigs. That's not why. That's not why. I'm not one of those people like, oh man, fuck cops, man. Fuck the po fuck the police. I'm not one of those guys. I I I admit and respect. Well no, let me hold on, hold on. I admit that we need the police. It's a necessity. A necessity. A lot of them are fucking. Let's, okay, let's be honest. All cops are crazy on some level. Just like uh, all people that talk to themselves alone in a dark room are crazy on some level. I'll give you that. But I think all cops got to be a little bit crazy on some level to think, I'm going to be in charge of everybody and tell people what to do and bust people. I'm going to... Nah, you know, they've got to be... On some fucking level, a little bit crazy, right? Well, everybody is, but I mean, they got to be a little bit more crazy to think I'm going to be that guy. Anyway, I digress. What's, what's the deal? Why do these cops... I'm only saying fuck you to the cops that do this. Why do they think it's cool to go in and have lunch or breakfast or dinner, whatever that may be, and leave their car outside running the whole time? What kind of an asshole does that shit? I wanted to be nice at air conditioning when I got back in the car. Is that why? Or is there something where I just don't know about it? Maybe I'm maybe I should be saying be said fuck you too. Because I don't know the proper protocol and procedures. Maybe that's the thing they do in case they gotta run out and fucking speed away to some emergency. But I, it doesn't seem like why can't they just have their car they can't put the key in and start it, then go? It's what like Three seconds more? <laughs> Is that the equivalent to having the horse right outside the door? Just you jump on and smack its ass and off you go? I don't know, dude. Please tell me if I'm wrong on this, but I want to say fuck you the cops that leave their car running. Last time I checked, I was paying your salary, man! That's my fucking gas you're burning! Now, I wouldn't do that myself. I'm not going to go into Denny's and have a grand slam and leave my car running. You know why? It's a waste of money, for one. And number two, it's not good for the envir- environment. Do you understand me, cops? Dickheads. <laughs> Did we all forget that, that we're paying for the service of police officers? We're, they're a public service. We're paying for it out of our tax dollars. So, and these fucking guys, man, it's probably always been like this, but they really take advantage of their position. Position, James. I like a man in uniform to be in nice positions, James. All right. 
you know. It's fucking cause, man. What is it? How's that saying go? Absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. <laughs> I know they don't have absolute power, but, you know, they get away with a lot of shit. So, hey, cops, how about you, you take it easy with the leaving your cars on the whole time? Dickheads. Fuck you! Next one. More personal for me. I recently had a ride-along with somebody. Speaking of cops. No, not really. So in my job, every once in a while, they'll put somebody with you to uh, follow you around. Or actually, not even that. They, they're with you all day long. You drive with them. You eat your lunch with them. <laughs> for the most part. You're not going to be like, all right, I'm going to go eat my lunch. You go away now. So you're hanging out with this person. They're your shadow the whole fucking day. They're, uh, you know, just seeing how you're improving, if you're improving. I guess that's the whole point. And they give a little feedback about you. Constructive criticism, if you will. So I recently had this person. They're totally cool. We're getting along just famously. And uh, it was a girl, by the way. <laughs> Not that that matters, but it's just, uh, you know little detail that you might... I'm just giving you my words of paint and in your head. You're, com you're coming up with the little scenarios here. Okay? And uh, mildly attractive. And that's being generous, if you're wondering. Because I know you all are. But a lot of the old timers are like, oh, man, you're lucky. <laughs> you get to ride with her all day. Like, nah, I'd rather be alone. Trust me. Believe me. So we're getting along just swell all day long. We're laughing. We're joking, telling stories, blah, 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 blah. At the end of the... F Yesterday, I get a packet from my supervisor saying, oh, here is the, here's the, uh, the report on, on the person's day with you. This fucking chick totally changed, very subtly, by the way, Changed little things about details that went on throughout the day. And it pretty much made me look like I was a little bit more incompetent than I normally already am. <laughs> and made her look like, oh yeah, I, I told him to do this. You know, I, uh, I intervened. It's like, no, you didn't, you shithead. You didn't intervene. At one point, I asked you a question. You didn't have to fucking intervene and stop me oh let me let me stop you right there and uh and educate you on the proper way to do that no i just i stopped what i was doing and asked you a question about how to proceed and i mostly did it because i want to see what you're going to tell me before i go ahead and do it myself and do it wrong in front of you you know because everyone's different everyone has their own little fucking rules they follow it's i'm telling you some people be like, ah, don't worry about it. Forget that. Just, you know, that's fine. Don't worry. That, eh, that's stupid. Don't worry about that. So I'm feeling this person out. So I ask her the question. She totally fucking writes in her report. I intervened. I say, oh my God. You know, you might not like listen to this. You might go like, oh, no big deal. But this shit really fucking bugs me when people just subtly change little details to make it seem like, you know, their job is worth something. Oh, yeah, this is what I did to help. This is what I spotted. Oh. Ah. Oh. And then a couple, there's a couple little details in there that she put in 
that I don't even fucking remember happening at all. Maybe I'm fucking crazy and I just don't remember. For example, uh, safety glasses in certain aspects. I had them on all fucking day, okay? And I made it a point to do it because I was going to be with this person all day long. So I wanted to do it all the right way. This person says, I was, uh, uh, what's the fucking word they used? Inconsistent with my safety glasses. Oh, fuck you. I always had some goddamn glasses on. God damn it. <laughs> so, uh, let's, you know what? I've had enough. You know, I'm thinking about it more and more and getting more and more angry. I don't fucking like people that do that. I don't know if they're just, uh, they're not really kiss asses. What do they do? Like, I get it because they've got to have some fucking excuse to keep their job. So they got to make it seem like they're doing something out there. I get, I get it. And I don't know. Should I just shut up and play the fucking game? Like, okay, they're going to uh, elaborate or uh, exaggerate a few things, you know. I'll just go with it. Or do I make us think about it? I don't know. Maybe the smart guy would say, just go along with it. It's all politics. Who fucking cares in the grand scheme of things? But you know what? It downright bothers me, everybody. Because you've got a, such a huge ego, James. No, that's not why. Yes, it is, James. You don't want to be told what to do. That's why. You don't want to be told that you're not doing a right job, James. Even though you're probably not. Uh, you know what? I guess maybe a part of it is the ego. I can't believe she said I did that when I know I didn't do that. <laughs> maybe the other, I don't know. Is, is it just like I know I'm doing what I have to do and this person's making me look bad? Is that ego? I just don't want to look like a fucking idiot to my, uh, my higher ups. You know? Some of this shit's pretty basic. <laughs> and I guess I'm pretty, I'm a pretty basic guy, I guess. Ah, fuck it. So cops letting their engines run for God knows how long while they stuff their faces at restaurants. And, uh, and people looking at you, girl. It's even worse that it was a girl. <laughs> and people that, uh, little, you know, just make subtle little changes to little, to sentences to make things seem a little different. So uh, the odds are in their favor. Uh, fuck you! Fuck you! Does that make any sense to you guys, <laughs> or is it too, is it too directed towards me in, in my personal personal life for you to really? Uh, I'm pretty sure you guys are somewhat smart. You probably put it together. If I did a halfway decent job of trying to explain it. Oh my God, James! You're still making it all about you. All right, let's move on. Huh? <laughs> Thank you all for joining me. It's been just swell, even though this one probably wasn't that good. You know what? I'll be honest with you. If the show's not that great, my ego's not that big. Everything I do is exactly the way I want it to be and exactly the what you needed to hear. Ah! No. Sometimes things just don't really happen to me. And I got a result in, uh, in babbling about the news. <laughs> anyway. All right. Well, that'll be it, everybody. So I'll just wrap it up by uh, doing a little bit of advertisement for myself, <laughs> as if you didn't hear enough about me. The Danger Hour. I don't know how you listen to this, but uh, it's available at www.thedangerhour.podbean.com. No one says www anymore, James. Well, I'm old school, so go fuck yourself. iTunes. 
Uh, and I've heard other places, and I don't know how I'm on there, but I guess I am. Some podcast. How's it go? I don't know. What other apps they use on phones? And then uh, check out the other podcast I do with Lido and Peter Sot. Sticks and Stones podcast. Uh, we've got some pretty good episodes. Number nine is pretty damn good. Probably our best so far. This last one that came out today, episode 12, it's pretty good itself. I've got to be honest with you. It's pretty good. Pretty solid podcast, if you ask me. But I might be biased. Sticksandstonespodcast.com. Email. God advice, advice from God. Any questions you have, concerns, God will answer them just for you. I guarantee it. That's a sticks and stones podcast at yahoo.com. Send your emails there. Uh, you can also email me here at the Danger Hour with any questions, concerns, comments. I'll read anything you want me to read. It'll give me some show content. <laughs> give me some suggestions, recommendations. Tell me to go fuck myself. I don't care. I'll read all of them. Send me nude photos of your mother. I'll look at them. Send me recipes. I'll make them. Send me some, uh, some new drinks you think I should try. Shit, I'll try them. The Danger Hour at Yahoo.com. All right, everybody. That's going to be it. You have yourself a lovely evening or day whenever you're reading, or li- reading listening to this nonsense. And uh, you know what? I like to think that a little piece of me is inside of you now. Oh, my God, James. <laughs> All right, that's enough. Everybody, thanks for joining me. I'll see you next time. And as always, I end every show with the same fantastic advice. And that's simply stay dangerous, my friends. (laughs) Later.